This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Good morning. It's a joy for us to welcome you once again to Ocean Lakes Family Campground for our Sunday morning worship service. This is Memorial Day weekend, and we have many people who've come to celebrate Memorial Day weekend here at the campground. What I'd like to do today, before we get into the time of the the message, I'd like to share with you a little Memorial Day poem that was written by Jack Barnett. In Arlington and Flanders Field, They rest in row by row. They fought and died for liberty to preserve the peace we know. They fought upon the beaches of many foreign lands. They fought for right and glory for which our country stands. They marched to war with courage. They fought their battles through. They only thought of victory, our peace they would renew. On distant shores and jungle wars, They would for peace persist. They gave their lives for freedom. No greater cause exists. For honor, truth, and glory, they fought and died together. Side by side in trenches deep, they're remembered now and ever. In Flanders Field and Arlington and in jungles and oceans deep, Our heroes rest forever. We pray they rest in peace. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to join with me, and let's have a prayer as we give thanks to God for those who have given their lives. They love their country more than they love self. They love freedom more than they loved life. So let's let's have a prayer together, if we may, uh, thanking God for these who have gone ahead and whom we remember on Memorial Day. Almighty and everlasting God, we we join together now on this Memorial Day weekend to honor those who have given their last full measure of devotion to our country. Lord, we humbly bow before you today and I offer our prayer in the name of our Savior Jesus, praying that you would impress upon the hearts of all of us the realization that our remembrances on Memorial Day would be very meaningless for those who lie beneath the crosses row on row if we who are living fail to resolve that the sacrifices of these whose memory we honor might be joined by our commitment to the peace that you alone can give, O Lord. Not just peace to this war-crazed world, but also peace to our hearts. We're so grateful, O God, for the privilege of living in a nation where we can assemble in memory of those who have lived, who have felt the warmth of morning sunlight, who saw the sunsets glow, who loved and were loved. Father, for these men and women, we offer our thanks that their cause was honorable and just, that they were willing to give their lives for us to enjoy the freedoms that we too often take for granted. So help us, we pray, O God, to remember that peace without human dignity is slavery, 
and that if we forget the debt we owe to these we honor on this Memorial Day weekend, then their death shall have been in vain. And so may we all, O oh God, be one in our commitment to do our part to strengthen their quest for peace and freedom, that our prayer for your coming kingdom on earth may truly be known. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning I'd like to begin by telling you a little story about a perplexed man who went to see his rabbi one day. The man said to the rabbi, Sir, the sages tell us that we're to bless the Lord for the bad, and we're also to bless the Lord for the good that comes to us. But how is this humanly possible, rabbi? That's a good question, said the rabbi. And for the answer to that question, uh, I'm not going to answer it myself, but I'm going to send you to a farmer for the answer. And so the man went to see the farmer, as the rabbi suggested. The man said he had never seen a man with such hardship as anybody had to suffer. He lived in abject poverty. There was no food in the house. Uh, his entire family was beset with illness. And yet this man was cheerful. He was constantly expressing his gratitude to the Lord for so many blessings that he received. The man wanted to know that farmer's secret. And so finally, the man asked that farmer the very same question he had earlier asked the rabbi. The sages say we're to bless the Lord for the bad as well as for the good. How? He asked the farmer. The farmer said, sir, that's a very good question. But I don't know why the rabbi sent you to see me. How would I know? He should have sent you to someone who has experienced suffering and hardship. Well, I doubt that most of us could have the attitude that that uh, farmer had, a positive attitude even in the midst of what we would call suffering and, and difficulties. This morning I want to introduce uh, a question to you, and I'd like to seek the help for that answer from three verses of Scripture. The question is one that uh, you may have been asked many times or you may have heard before. It is this, what do you do with your burdens? Now, I've chosen three different passages of Scripture in answer to this question, and these are some texts which seem to work in opposition to each other. But rather than tell you all three Bible verses at one time, let's just uncover them as we go along. What do you do with your burdens? The first answer is from Galatians 6, verse 5, which says, Every man shall bear his own burden. I know there are some people who still believe in what they call that Bible verse, which is not really in the Bible, which says, Every tub shall sit on its own bottom. These people also quote sometimes a verse that actually is in the Bible. The verse says, the wages of sin is death in support of their view. Now, truly, that is a teaching of Scripture, no doubt. But I don't think Paul intended when he wrote those words that uh, every man shall bear his own burden, that we have to be the kind of person who just evades problems. 
I think what he's really saying here is that we're, we have personal responsibility for our own lives. There's some questions which nobody can decide for anyone else. These answers have to be found individually. When we come to the time of judgment, it's going to be a personal experience between an individual and the Lord. When we come face to face with, with our God, we will not be able to say, Now, Lord, uh, I want to remind you that I come from a very good family. My father was a deacon. My mother played the piano. We were in church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and every time in between when they had any kind of church services. My family was a wonderful family. I'm not going to be able to say that. It's an individual matter. What about you, not your family? Sometimes we try to excuse ourselves from certain responsibilities by uh, accusing somebody else of the circumstances that we have. For example, a thief might try to excuse his actions by pointing to the fact that he was born in poverty. A adulterer may point out that he or she is only doing what is accepted by society. It's, it's okay. If it feels good, do it. Still adultery. Or an alcoholic may try to lay the blame for his or her alcoholism on some other member of the family or, or maybe on some business associate. Not me. I heard about a man one time who was doing this kind of thing. He went to see a psychiatrist. The man walked into the psychiatrist's office. He had a fried egg on top of his head. He had strips of bacon hanging over each ear. And he said to the psychiatrist, Doc, I need to talk to you about my wife. She's been acting sort of strange lately. <laughs> well, he was the one acting strange, of course. Now, I readily admit that many of the circumstances in our lives have been greatly influenced by things that are totally beyond our control. But let's never forget that many, many people have risen above their environment. No person becomes a better person by blaming somebody else for their own sins. The beginning point of a healthy Christian life is when one is able and willing to face, frankly, his own situation and to admit, actually, I have my own part to blame for this, for this, for the, the, the way my life is now lived. But with God's help, I'm going to let Jesus Christ change my life and make me a new person. James Cox, a seminary professor, uh, once said, you may not be to blame for the kind of being that you are, the kind of person you are, but you are and you will be to blame if you continue to be the kind of person that you are. What do you do with your burdens? Every man shall bear his own burden. That's the truth of the scripture, and we need to remember that. But there's a second answer, and let me give you one more verse from Ezekiel. The Old Testament sort of moves us from the first to the second. Ezekiel 18 verse 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Every man shall bear his own burden. But let's move quickly to another verse. Same book in the Bible, Galatians, same chapter, uh, chapter 6, 
We just looked at verse 5. Now let's back up three verses to verse 2. Galatians 6, 2, and it says this, Bear ye one another's burdens. Oh, and what a wonderful thing it is for us to be able to share our burden with somebody else. What a rich experience it is to have a friend that you know you can go to and you can confide in that friend. You can just pour out the depth of your soul to that person. George Eliot said it, I think, in these beautiful words, Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor to measure words, but to pour them all out just as they are together, knowing that a faithful hand will take and sift them, keep what is worth keeping, and then with the breath of kindness blow the rest away. Someone said that a real friend is a person who, when you've made a fool out of yourself, does not feel that you've done a permanent job with it. We sing in some of our hymns, uh, one to him in particular, Blessed Be the Tie, the words, We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. We cannot bear all of our burdens. It's impossible we often need the help of other people. Over to the end of the New Testament, the little book of James, James says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, one word needs to be said in this connection. When we bear one another's burdens, we must actually bear that burden so much so that we even feel it ourselves. It's called empathy. We empathize with another person. It's not just standing off to the side and witnessing another person having their burden. One of the favorite columnists, newspaper columnists of several years gone by, was a lady whose name you may know, Irma Bombeck. I remember she had an article that just really vividly points out what I'm talking about now, sharing another's burden. These are her words, this is her story. Let me share it with you. It was one of those days when I wanted my own apartment unlisted. My son was telling me in complete detail about a movie he had just seen, punctuated by about 3,000 you knows. My teeth even were falling asleep. There were three phone calls I had answered, or not phone calls, they were rather monologues that could have been answered by a recording machine. I fought the urge within me to say, it's been such nice blessing listening, listening to you. And then later in the cab from my home to the airport, I got another assault on my ear, this time by the cab driver who was rambling on about his son in college. At last, there were 30 whole beautiful minutes before my plane took off. Time for me to be alone with my own thoughts, to open a book, and to let my mind wander as I sat there in the lobby of the airport. A voice next to me, belonging to an elderly woman, said, I bet it's cold in Chicago. Stone face, I replied. It's likely. I haven't even been to Chicago in nearly three years, she persisted. My son lives there. 
That's nice, I said, my eyes still intent on my book. My husband's body is on this plane, she said. We've been married for 53 years. I don't drive, you know, and when he died, a nun drove me home from the hospital. We aren't even Catholic. The funeral director let me come to the airport with him. Irma Bombeck said, I don't think I have ever detested myself more than I did at that moment. Here was another human being sitting beside me, screaming to be heard. In desperation, she had turned to a cold stranger who was more interested in a novel and a book she had in her lap than she was in a real-life drama right at her elbow. This woman needed no advice. She was not asking for money or assistance or expertise or even not asking for compassion. All she needed was somebody to listen to her. She talked on uh, numbly and steadily until we finally boarded the plane. Then she found her seat in another section of the plane, not near where I was seated. As I put up my coat in the rack above, I heard this woman's plaintive voice some seats away say to her new seat companion, I bet it's cold in Chicago. Right then I paused and I prayed, please God, let her listen. Yes, bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ, the scripture says. But there's a third answer to this question, what do you do with your burdens? And this third answer is not from the book of Galatians, but it goes back to the Old Testament, to the 55th Psalm. You may have already supposed what this other answer is, what you do with your burden. And that is, cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know, there are some burdens which all of us have that we can neither bear ourselves nor can even a close friend help us bear. Here is where we do so well to heed the words of the psalmist and cast our burden on the Lord. Let's be just coldly factual for just a minute. Imagine that I was carrying a 25-pound weight on my shoulder here. And if you tell me to take that weight take it off my shoulder and place it on a chair. If I do that, then it's easy to see that I'm no longer carrying that 25 pound weight on my shoulder, uh, it's in the chair. Well, if we cast our burden on the Lord, it should be just as easy to understand that we should not be carrying that burden anymore. When I was a little boy, we used to have uh, on Sunday evenings in the church where my dad was pastor, what they call singspirations. And these were times I looked forward to because uh, my daddy wouldn't preach a sermon <laughs> on those occasions. Rather, we'd just sing hymns. And uh, we would sing the hymns that the people wanted to hear. And so my daddy would be up there and he would say, All right, who has a number you want us to sing? And uh, people in the congregation would call out a number and we would turn to that number in the paperback hymnal that we had in that little small church. I never was able to call out a number because I was too shy and timid, but one time I remember I got my courage up, and when nobody else had spoken, I said, number 74. 
And uh, I think my dad was shocked that I had spoken, but uh, everybody turned to hymn number 74, and the song goes like this. I won't sing it, but the words are, If the world from you withhold of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in God's word how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. That's the title of the song. Leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. God forgives our sins long before we forgive ourselves sometimes. And some people gather up all their past sins and sins that they have long ago confessed to God. They bring them up again. They're still burdened by those heavy weight of, weights of sin that God has so long ago forgiven. At least he wanted to forgive. A man by the name of William Cooper wrote a number of the hymns that we sing. Uh, some of them are very popular in, in churches still. Oh, for a closer walk with God. Uh, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. But a more familiar hymn for many people is the hymn, uh, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. William Cooper wrote that. But still, this good man could never forgive himself. He was always condemning himself for his past sins, so much so that his service to the Lord was severely curbed. When he was only 36 years of age, Lord Byron, a great uh, English author, uh, wrote, My life has fallen into the yellow leaf. The flowers and fruits of love are gone. The worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. When we are truly ready to cast our burden on the Lord, then we ought to realize that God is quite able, able, He's strong enough to take our burdens upon Himself. Another hymn we sing, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Give up. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I heard some time ago about a man who was traveling by foot across an ice-covered section of an open country. He came to a river, not a very wide river, uh, but it was a river there, and the water on the river was frozen over. But the man had no way to gauge the depth of the ice. He didn't know if it was just very thin, and if he tried to walk across that river, he might fall to the swirling, icy waters below. So being very careful, this man got down on his hands and knees on all fours and he began cautiously crawling across that ice-covered ice river. About that time he heard a noise on the far side of the river. There was a little road that led right up to the edge of the river. He looked up and he saw there uh, a man driving a team of horses and a wagon and when he got to the edge of the river, the driver cracked his whip. The horses sped across the ice and got safely to the other side. The man then laughed at his fears. The ice was thick 
the river would hold his weight. That's the way it is with God. Sometimes we say, God, I don't know if you can take this burden. I, I have this heavy burden. God says, try me. Let me see if I can take that burden from you. Let me forgive you. You don't need to carry that burden for the rest of your life. I heard about a ship's captain who took his little daughter on a trip across the Atlantic. One day there was a terrible storm at sea and the frightened little girl said to some of her friends who were there, uh, where's my daddy? Somebody replied, uh, honey, your daddy's up on the deck. Uh, he's watching the storm. He's guiding the ship. Little girl said, oh, goody. Then I guess I'll go on to bed. Everything's going to be okay. When we can trust the Lord and know that we don't have to worry, we can cast our burden upon the Lord. His grace is sufficient for whatever need we have. I'd like to close by sharing with you a poem. I, I don't know who wrote this, but it's a, a beautiful expression of how we can trust the Lord. When sin-stricken, burdened, and weary, from bondage I longed to be free. There came to my heart a sweet message. My grace is sufficient for thee. Though tempted and sadly discouraged, my soul to this refuge would flee and rest in that blessed assurance. My grace is sufficient for thee. My bark may be tossed by the tempest that sweeps o'er the turbulent sea, but a rainbow illumines the darkness. My grace is sufficient for thee. O oh Lord, I would press on with courage, though rugged my pathway may be, sustained and upheld by your promise. My grace is sufficient for thee. Soon, soon will the warfare be over. My Lord, face to face I shall see and prove as I dwell in his presence, his grace was sufficient for me. Will you pray with me? Oh God, help us to remember that your grace is always sufficient for us, no matter what we face. We do know that there are times when we need to bear our own burdens, times when we share our burden with someone else. But always, oh God, we can cast our burden upon you and know that you're there to give us freedom from bondage. May that be ours today, we pray. In the name of our burden bearer, Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. And we thank you so much once again for being with us today from Ocean Lakes Family Campground in Myrtle Beach.